0: Welcome to Clarity to Launch the Podcast. I'm your host, Natanya Bravo, founder of The Bravo Life, business and mindset coach, and a woman on a mission to help you acknowledge that internal whisper and gain the clarity you need to launch a life you truly love. Years ago, I followed my own whisper and took a leap of faith, leaving behind a six-figure salary and everything I knew to fulfill a one-day dream of moving to Paris. That one tough decision led me to creating a seven-figure business, marrying the love of my life, and helping thousands of women use their passions to uncover their purpose and create the income and impact they were born to. It all boiled down to one decision. Was I going to keep telling myself one day or make today day one? Now it's your turn to decide. Clarity to Launch is here to give you the tools you need to guide you along the way. All you have to do is decide. So are you ready? It's time to launch the life you were born to live. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Clarity to Launch. Today, I am joined by Liz Bohr, who's a Facebook marketing and sales coach. She primarily works with female entrepreneurs and really helping them develop sales strategies to attract premium clients. So I was just sharing with Liz how happy I am to have her on today because I know a lot of you have been asking about ads. So Liz, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation Today's is going to be so fun. Yes.
0: so I'd love to know, well, first of all, how long ago did you start working within this space and how did you even get into ads and sales and marketing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I actually started... Um, way back um, in corporate lands at a few well-known media agencies. I worked for Ford Motor Company's um, agency of record doing paid traffic um, and actually organic for them as well. Um, And then I moved to California and that's um, where I was in ad sales for Hulu and some other smaller like tech startup companies And it wasn't until I was in California working more with like entrepreneurs and small female business owned companies like Stitch Fix and Fabletics that I realized that there were so many other amazing female owned companies, but that were struggling with how to bring their product or service to market. They had all of these amazing ideas, really passionate, like amazing creatives but they struggled on the marketing side. So I kind of traded in my corporate hat for um, helping them to bring these big brand strategies, you know, people and brands that are kind of running, you know, millions of dollars through Facebook and Instagram on a daily basis. We can bring those same strategies. You make sure you might not be spending as much, right. but this, the principles are the same. hmm So I started working with other female entrepreneurs and helping them to promote their courses and membership programs using these same strategies, breaking it down for them in really simple ideas to help them not only simplify what they were doing, but create sustainable and scalable uh, businesses.
0: Awesome. And I'm curious, this came to mind. So we as a company, we've definitely spent over six figures on Facebook ads. So you're definitely familiar with all things ads, but as someone who you work in it day in, day out and see different accounts, a lot of, especially since the algorithm changed last year, I find, I hear a lot of people in like groups and other settings that I'm in saying like Facebook ads is over. Like it's not working anymore. What's your experience and perspective on that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of times when it's not working, when you hear people say it didn't work for me or, you know, it's not working, a lot of times it's because those particular businesses haven't spent the time to build up their traffic pools and they're spending a lot of money. You know, a lot of people will come to me and say, hey, I'm going to launch my course in um, two weeks. I'm ready to run ads right now. And I want to run ads to get more people to my sales page. And I start to ask them questions like, okay, that's great. Is this a proven offer? How well do you know your audience? Do you have a really good, healthy email list? Like what's the size of your email list? Have you run this offer before? You know, what was your conversion rate type of thing? And they look at me and say, oh, this is the first time I've run this. My audience size is really small, you know, and I will tell them that they might not be ready for ads this time. Mm-hmm. And that's because, um, or they have to be ready to kind of shell out a lot of money for, for those ads if they're going to, if they're dead set on running them. And that's because we have to remember that just like in our organic strategies, we want to build our ad campaigns around a natural customer journey, meaning filling it at the top of the funnel, using your ads to attract your audience. Maybe you're running a webinar, or maybe you have a challenge, using ads to start there, or maybe you have a blog post that's related to the topic that you're going to be selling on. Start sending traffic to those pages so that you can build your audiences up and you can naturally nurture them through your funnel starting at the top, down through the middle, and then all the way at the bottom where you're going to find your hottest leads. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make is not giving themselves enough time to work with their ads manager, get these campaigns running, start um, optimizing them and figuring out really who their sweet spot of audience is going to be before they are pressed for like, I need to get these sales in right now.
0: Yeah. And for accounts that are, or people that are a little bit more established, have been doing some things. Do you feel like um, that, you know, they're kind of with all algorithms, right? Like you've had to like tweak and adjust with the changes. Like how do people navigate that?
1: Yeah. So a lot of the changes that we saw came from the privacy policies and our ability to track the people um, that we wanted to, that were going to our landing pages. So one thing that I will recommend for anyone that's thinking about running paid traffic is that do your best to run traffic um, and run your ads to a landing page that you own, because that's going to give you the best, um, level and the deepest level of tracking in terms of trying to understand the behaviors of your audience. Like what's happening once they get to your landing page, are they converting? Are they going to your checkout page and leaving, or are they going all the way through your funnel? Yeah. Um, so, cause sometimes, you know, especially with course creators or, um, uh, coaches, there are other sites like you know Thinkific, Kajabi. Mm-hmm. There's all these great platforms that we can build that have the ability to build a sales page or build an opt-in page. You know, lead pages is a great one. However, the challenge is sometimes with the the changes that came last year um, with all the privacy policies we might be losing some tracking abilities. So if you can move those pages to a domain that you own, your, let's say for me, it's, you know, lizboard.com forward slash ads or something um, or whatever your uh, domain is, move that, move that landing page to a standalone landing page on a domain that you own. Um, and you'll have a lot more clarity into what's going on with your ads. That would be um, the first and foremost thing that I would recommend to help your ads and to help maximize what you can do with your ad campaigns. If you don't have tracking set up, it's really challenging. Right. And I love what you said
0: about for people who yet don't have like a proven offer that's sold organically. This is what I tell my clients, like do not waste money on ads, burn money on (laughs) ads before you already have sold something organically, like, you know, your numbers, you have like a baseline for metrics, at least from a warm Mm -hmm. audience. So other than that, are there any other like things that someone should do or have or not do before they run ads for the first time?
1: Yeah. So one really thing that I love doing, um, and, and this, you know, really comes with, if you, if you haven't tried this before, don't do this on your own, um, get some help, But one thing that is really awesome that you can do with ads is kind of like a rapid fire test. If you do have an offer that you are unsure about, maybe you're launching it for the very first time and you are, there's still some question marks in terms of my audience might be this, but maybe, you know, maybe they are more interested in this, or maybe they follow these influencers or shop here, you know, maybe there's some questions or maybe you're Confused or struggling with the title, what to call your webinar, what to call your offer. Um, You know, ads are a really great way to test variables in a short period of time. So if you are beta testing your offer, you could quickly run a few um, ads to test different titles to test two different audiences, to see which one might resonate better with a particular audience um, or your followers, Mm -hmm. right? So that's a great way. If you are running um, an offer for the very first time, if this is the very first time you're launching it and you're feeling a little bit unsure because I know it can be really scary to put it out there for the first time. And the worst thing that you want is like crickets, no one buying it, right? So that's a really great way to um, help your confidence, boost your confidence a little bit, first and foremost, going into the sales process. And then you can also use ads um, to test if your audience, you know, because a lot of people will say like, pull your audience, survey them, ask them to respond via email. And sometimes We don't get any responses from our audience. Sometimes it can be really hard, especially, you know, with all of the distractions that we have now. Mm -hmm. So that's a really great way to, um, get your offer out into the world. I've even done it with some clients where the offer is not even available yet, but we have people go through all, go all the way through the checkout process pay for the program and then we email them afterward and saying hey you know thank you so much for for joining this program will be available um, in a few weeks Mm -hmm. so that's a really great way to validate what you're doing before you put all that time and effort into course creation because there's a lot of moving pieces yeah and another question i get asked a lot is
0: around um you know, like budget, how much should we spend? And, you know, I shared earlier, we've spent over six figures, but that's because we're a seven figure company and we've been doing it for years. It's not like we just are spending that all in one go, but that probably seems like, unattainable for most people. So for the first time, someone's, let's just say they have an offer that they've sold organically, or maybe they want to grow their list. And I know budget obviously varies based on what you want the result to be, but is there like a minimum someone should have in mind of, I want to have at least this to be able to successfully navigate a launch using ads, or at least this to maybe grow my list over the next month or two?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And honestly, one that I get asked all the time, 24 seven. And I actually created um, a, cal- a calculator oh, cool. that um, I used for a summit that I was just involved with um, to help people answer this exact question. Like how much should I spend? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have that question, start with your revenue goal and your the price of your product. And then think about five to 12% of that revenue goal should mm. be spent um towards uh paid traffic okay so five to twelve percent is good um if you have a low ticket offer you're going to want to build your. you're going to want a large audience right because low tickets all sometimes it's all about um just getting people to your offer it's all about the numbers backing into them um, so, that means we need a larger audience in order to hit our conversion rates. So, if you, let's say you are launching in um, October, for example, and you're going to start running ads in August, so you can build your list for August through September and then sell your offer in October, spend about $500 to $1,000 building up your list on lead generation campaigns um, traffic campaigns to get people onto your email list. You can nurture them for that nice 60 days. And then, um, you will, you know, they'll feel a lot better. They'll trust you. Um, they'll like you a lot more at that point. And, uh, you can go ahead and sell your offer in October.
0: Yeah. And if we're in the middle of a launch, that's not seeming to shape out how we want it. Is there anything that you would recommend that we can implement to maybe help turn things around, get more eyeballs, get more sales?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. But unfortunately, it's a little bit broad, right? Because there could be so many variables going on. The first and foremost thing I would look at is what's the conversion rate of your landing page? Um, is your sales page converting between 2 to 10%? Mm-hmm. If it's not, we need to take a look at your sales page And see what is happening in terms of the behaviors of what when people get to your landing page, you know, why are they not purchasing from you? Is your messaging confusing? Is your pricing confusing? Do you have too many pricing options? Is your uh, checkout cart broken, right? There could be a few variables playing on just your sales page alone. and then take a look at your key performance metrics in terms of your ad campaigns. Are your are people clicking on your ads? Are people engaging with them? What types of creatives are converting for you? You know, just really zone in and look at your data. That's why data is so, so important because it really tells a story. Mm-hmm. It tells us what's happening at any given moment. And we can use that data to steer the decisions rather than just guessing, rather than just thinking it might be one thing and it's actually another thing. Mm -hmm. So I always will go back to the data and look at those numbers first and foremost before ever making any additional tweaks. Cause it could, your ads could be performing fine. It could be something further down the funnel um, that could be causing the issue.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you also get this question a lot, but um, could you explain in your terms what the difference between like boosting a post and running an ad campaign is and when you should choose one versus the other?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I have a, a reel that I just did that I can share with you if you want and go through kind of all the details. Yeah. Um, but a couple, there's a couple really big uh, differences between boosting a post and running an actual Facebook Instagram ad, like going into your ads manager and setting up the campaign. Um, One thing is targeting. So um, with your Facebook and Instagram ads, not a boosted post, an actual ad, you can create custom audiences and you can also exclude people. So excluding means I do not want these people to see my ads. And this is really powerful for retargeting, meaning we want to market to people that maybe saw our sales page. Maybe they went and added our offer to their cart, but they did not purchase. Mm -hmm. We can remarket to them using Facebook and Instagram ads. So reminding them, right? Just like our follow-up emails that we need to be sending out during our launch week. We also need to put our offer back in front of them. People just need reminders. So um, excluding people that have already purchased or have already taken the behavior that we want them to take, we don't want to spend money on them again. We want to exclude them. So an ad allows us to do that. Boosted posts um, don't have that capability. In addition, creative is a huge opportunity for um, ads. Boosted posts, we don't have the creative elements available to us that um, we do on the ad side. Mm-hmm. So for example, we can't um, test. We can't um, create a unique ad just for or a unique creative video or a still image or a carousel. For example, um, we can't create a unique experience for someone to see with our boosted post. All we can do is essentially repost what we have already posted. So boosted posts in the simplest form is reposting a piece of content that you have already posted. So you can still put it in front of... um, your the audience that you desire. Your mm-hmm. people that follow you, people that engage with you. Um, I like to think of it as more of like you know pinning something to the top of your Facebook group, for example, mm-hmm. versus an ad. You have the opportunity to create a unique experience with your ad campaigns using all of the creative tools, using stories, using video, using reels. Um, using a different ad copy than you previously used on your post to create this ad. So creative element is also huge um, for ads versus boosted posts.
0: And so when would you recommend a boosted post, if ever?
1: I only really recommend boosted posts for um, building for re-engaging with your audience. So if you are someone, let's say you have an event coming up, um, a challenge, a webinar, and you want to, um, re-engage people that are following you already, like your warm audience. You could use a boosted post for that target set, set your, um, boosted posts so that people will see it again. Mm -hmm. There are some parameters included, but you can, only, um, you can only use boosted posts for specific objectives. Traffic is one of them. So okay. if you want a lot of people to just click on your ad and go to your designated place, that's, an, that's a time when you might use a boosted post. Right. Um, but you don't have all of the tracking capabilities with boosted posts, so if tracking is really important and you're really looking for a certain number of people to, let's say, opt in to your webinar or purchase your book or something like that, I'm going to recommend um, setting up an actual ad.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's helpful. And what would you say is like maybe things that we should look at or examine before deciding that an ad just is not working or you know sometimes I remember when I first started running ads it was like okay I'm seeing all this money go out and like when do I decide like okay it's been enough time to know for example the landing page is just not converting like is there a certain amount of time we have to wait before turning it off or changing something
1: at the bare minimum I would say wait for around 100 people to go through your funnel in uh, before you're making any tweaks okay Hopefully you're running enough money through your ad campaigns that this doesn't take you months and months, right? Like we don't want it to take that long. Um, but I would say at least a hundred people. So I'll give you a nice round number. You'll be able to tell what behaviors people are taking. And then in terms of tweaks for your actual ads, it really depends on what your objective is and how your campaign is set up. For Mm -hmm. example, if you are running a traffic campaign where you just want uh, to optimize towards landing page views, meaning you want someone to click on your ad and uh, read the content on the designated landing page that you set up, even if it's a blog, it doesn't always have to be an opt-in uh, page. You want them to at least open the, open the landing page and view the content, not click and leave, right? So for those types of campaigns, your KPIs are going to be very different than a conversion campaign where you're actually looking at how much it's costing you for someone to go to your landing page and opt in. Mm -hmm. A traffic campaign, we're optimizing for landing page views. So we want to know how much is it costing us for these people to see our content. Those costs are gonna be a lot lower than a conversion um, opt-in campaign. right? Because our whole goal with a tra- traffic campaign is to get people to that blog, for example, because mm-hmm. we wanna build our audiences up. We want all these people to go and read this blog, go and read our podcast, show notes page, or listen to our, our video. So we wanna get as many people to that page as possible at a really low cost. You know, maybe adult, do- you're spending a dollar. Or these people to get to your landing page versus if you're using a conversion campaign that targets those people that just read your blog, you might be asking them to opt in. Like, hey, I saw you, um, you know, read this blog that was related to this webinar that I have that's now available. Here's the page where you can opt in. That might cost you, you know, three to five dollars for all of those people to opt in because it's a little bit higher risk. You're asking for more, uh, you're asking more from them. You're asking of their time. You're asking them to take an action rather than just read. So, um, it costs a little bit more for us to do that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. This is really helpful. And I, I mean, I'm somewhat aware of like the standard costs for different actions. Um, and I usually just tell people like, I feel like that's information you can generally fine, but also I'm curious because you support people with running ads, what are some things that we we should check for or ask for before we consider hiring, whether it's an agency or an individual to run ads for us?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, I would say before you even go out to interview an ads manager, make sure that you go through the exercise of figuring out who your ideal customer is because that's going to be really helpful for you to um onboard that person and say you know i've done my research i know who my ideal customer is these are the pain points that they are experiencing these are you know the desires that they want to go after and this is how my solution helps them you know this is where i fit in the middle so mm-hmm. really having the and doing the deep dive not just You know, my audience is females, 25 to 45. They live in this general area or they're all in the United States. Um, You know, they shop here. Really take a look at and ask yourself what keeps them up at night? What five things are they really struggling with? And think about the emotional side especially when you have a paid offer because people buy based on um, uh, emotion. And you know, my friend always says they validate based on logic. Mm. So think about what the, um, emotional side of what they're struggling with is right. I always kind of describe it as like hiring, a landscaper for my lawn. I could cut my lawn. I'm very capable. But it's uh, the middle of the summer in the South. It's very hot. And that's not something that I want to be spending my time on doing. Yeah. I'm very capable, but it's a a struggle that I have because I want my lawn, the solution that I want is out my lawn to be nice and crisp and green and and perfectly groomed. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to have to spend the time to do it. So I'm using a service to help me achieve the, the desire that I'm looking for because emotionally it's just hot out and I don't want to do it. Right. So I will spend the money because that's not something that I want to do. Yeah. Not because I can't. So think about what those emotions are, you know, is it time? Is it a resource? Is it money that people are looking for? And what's really driving them to achieve that? You know, if they want to work 20 hours or less, Is it because they wanna spend more time with their family? Is it because they have an ailing parent that they wanna spend time with? Is it because they wanna go on vacation? Is it because they wanna focus more on high level strategies? What are those pieces behind the big problem that they're experiencing? So first and foremost, definitely make sure that you have those pains and desires and ask yourself where your solution fits into um, that mold. Mm-hmm. So that would be, you know, my, my definitely w- one thing to have before hiring, um, anyone. Mm-hmm. And then another thing would be if you are cap- if you haven't set up Google analytics yet, go, go ahead and set up Google analytics on your domain so that you can start to gather information. The more information your ads manager has, the better opportunity and the better um, impact they will be able to create with your ad campaigns because they will have this data to build your campaigns off of rather than you kind of guessing. This many people come to my website on a daily basis. This is how much it costs me to acquire one lead, those types of things. Yeah. And then lastly, if you haven't already, start tracking your costs of acquisition. How much does it cost you to acquire a new subscriber? A lot of times when you're running ads for the very first time, you might not know this number, but now is a great opportunity for you to start to look at, okay, how many people are seeing my my social media posts or how many people are watching my reels? Are they clicking on my stories and going to my landing pages? You know, start to look at the behaviors on the organic side if you aren't running ads just yet and see if you can't start to quantify the number of people that you are sending to um, landing pages on your website and start to look at, okay, if you have 100 people going to your opt-in page, how many of those people are actually opting in? And most of the time, Your email service provider or your landing page software tool that you are using will give you this data so that you can then um, start to calculate how much it might cost you to start to run ad campaigns.
0: Yeah, thank you. That was very specific and helpful. So I appreciate it. And (laughs) if anyone wants to learn more about you or potentially work with you, I know you work with entrepreneurs as well. Where can we find you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so if you want to say hello or you want access to the calculator that I was describing so that you know <laughs> how much it's going to uh, cost you to spend or how much you need to budget for your ad campaigns, just DM me. Uh, I'll send you the link. It's it's currently a uh, private link. I just used it for a summit that I was involved with, but I'm happy to send it to you. So just DM me at um, on Instagram at lizboer underscore com, L I Z B-O-E-R underscore com. Um, same thing for my website. It's just lizbor.com and uh, on Facebook as well. So you can pretty much find me most places just using um, my name. And I hang out on Instagram most. I also have a podcast, Marketing to Millions, uh, where we talk about all things marketing strategies, um, both high level and kind of getting into the behind the scenes nitty gritty. I also love having guests on my show. So um, if you have a particular topic across marketing, business, or mindset, um, those are the, the three topics that we generally talk about.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll link all of that in the show notes. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And thank you for giving such like tangible, tactical things that I think everyone can implement, whether they're thinking about running ads or already running ads or in the middle of a campaign that they're stressed about. <laughs> <So thank
1: you. laughs> of course, happy to do it.
0: I hope this episode gives you more clarity and proof that you can create a life you truly love. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to connect and serve those who are ready to use their ideas and experiences to positively impact the lives of others. If you want to connect more, follow me on Instagram at The